Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the world's strongest man, a world champion in not one, not two, but three different sports mark henry is my partner today and we get into wrestlemania 36 and one of the things that we talk about is what should be the main event on saturday and what should be the main event on sunday as we are getting closer and closer to wrestlemania 36 when you think of wrestlemania you think of the undertaker we talk about the undertaker's legacy also about what it was like to be in the ring with the undertaker mark henry tells a wonderful story also we talked to one of the legends in pro wrestling somebody who was a part of wrestlemania 3 in front of over 93,000 fans b brian blair joins us sir all that right now on the busted open podcast wwe hall of famer the one and only mark henry mark how the hell are you man Dave, you know I'm doing good. I, I'm, I was a little frustrated, you know, had some technical difficulties again and <laughs> last night and this morning. So, uh, so wonky world, as Billy would say, is wonky. It, it is wonky. But you, I know for a fact, and you talk about technical difficulties, and I know what you mean because, you know, the nation has done a good job of kind of starting their own show on Discord, the Busted Open Nation. And as you love to say, bless their hearts. And they had you on their show. And I guess there was some technical difficulties when you were on with them last night, huh? Yeah, you know what? It it actually started off pretty cool. And I guess you can't accept everybody. You know, somebody came on and hacked in, I guess, uh, from what I'm understanding. And just started playing, hey, let me toast my friend, Jack. Jack off. Uh, and stuff like that it was uh some kind of racial joke said uh, there was oh it was just ridiculous and i uh, had to i had to take my ball and go home Dave. yeah i mean at some point you know you try try and then you you go home but but uh but they you know did, what they, you know what they were doing a good job i don't think it was their fault or anything i didn't hold no grudge against them it's just that you know it didn't work and you had to take it take it home well, Time to go home, boys. That's it. And you know what? We can always interact here on Busted Open. Hashtag Ask Busted Open. And who knows? Maybe in 10 years we'll be back in the New York studios. We can take phone calls again. I know. Gosh. 
I miss in 2030, you know, we'll be back. We'll be back in New York and we could take phone calls again with the busted open nation. I listen, I, I kid, but, you know, we're just trying to make fun of, of such a rough situation right now. But you know what? I'm, I'm glad that we're on the air and we get to talk to the busted open nation no matter how we're able to do it. And Mark, you know. Even though it doesn't feel like it, it is Wrestle. It, this is the Friday before WrestleMania. I mean, think about it. Tomorrow night is the start of WrestleMania 36. So um, there's a lot to be excited about on a Friday. Oh, my goodness gracious. You know, my, this house is always buzzing when it comes to WrestleMania. Normally, we're already there, getting everything ready. You know, you you see a bunch of the talent. I was supposed to do a comedy show on Wednesday. I had appearances at Hard Rock and on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Um, I was going to do, um, I guess, WrestleCade or... Yeah, WrestleCon. You and I were both to, to, as today. As a matter of fact, as soon as we signed off, you and I were going to uh, be at WrestleCon. Yeah. So it was a lot of stuff that, you know, it's gone. Yeah. It was, and now it wasn't. It was, and now it wasn't. Oh, that's too much. But you know what? There is a lot that is here now, and that's WrestleMania. I mean, at least we do have that uh, tomorrow and Sunday night, Mark. And and when, you know, you and I tomorrow, we're going to be on again tomorrow um, in our regularly scheduled time from 10 a.m. to noon, and we're really going to break down what is, if you look at it from top to bottom, Mark, is one hell of a card for this weekend. Man, just so many matches. What, 14 matches in two days? Like, how often do we get that many matches? And you look at just the women's match. Say if you just, WrestleMania is just the women's matches. Wow. Epic matches, ep- epic matchups, and I- I'm I'm just blown away at the fact that you know we we're gonna get Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre, a grown ass man, Drew McIntyre is finally gonna get that shot at WrestleMania on the grandest stage of them all. I'm I'm just blown away, Dave. So just to throw it out there, because there are so many matches and. You know, I think it's actually kind of cool. Instead of that marathon of like an eight-hour show, it's getting split over the course of two nights. It's just it's going to be easier to digest, especially since you're not going to be in attendance. Even if you were in attendance, I think it would be better to do it over the course of two nights than just one long show. But I'm going to quickly just go over the matches because you look at this card, and I said it before you joined us, Mark, and this is one of the better cards in over a decade. So I'm just going to quickly go over it. Wow. You got Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. You know, and, and and obviously this is a big, you know, feud match between Otis. You and I have talked probably more about Otis than Dolph Ziggler over the course of the last month than any other feud that's going on. The Kabuki Warriors against Alexis Bl- Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Sami Zayn, your intercontinental champion, going up against Daniel Bryan. That should be amazing. Edge and Randy mm. Orton, Elias King Corbin. Alistair Black against Bobby Lashley, the Street Profits against Austin Theory and Angel Garza, the Miz and John Morrison against the New Day and the Usos, Kevin Owens against Seth Rollins, the Undertaker and AJ Styles in a Boneyard match, Bailey versus Lacey Evans versus Naomi versus Sasha Banks versus Tamina, 
Cena versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt. Becky Lynch against Shayna Baszler. You know, you have Goldberg and Roman Reigns, which is still being advertised. So many questions about that, which we still don't know what the answer is. Maybe we'll find out about more about this matchup at, on SmackDown tonight. Brock and Drew McIntyre, and as you said, Rhea Ripley against Charlotte Flair. That is a pretty stacked crowd, uh, stacked card for, for this weekend, Mark. And, and what, is the, what is the main event on both shows? It's a great question. I don't even think, you know, with a lot of things being taped and stuff like that, they're probably still figuring it out. Because as we always talk about, Mark, match placement is key. You can figure out a lot when it comes to match placement about, hey, is someone going to retain their title? Are we going to see a new champion? Is this is this going to be that WrestleMania moment that carries us to WrestleMania next year? But that's a great question, Mark. And you know what? I'm going to throw it out to the nation, especially for later on in the show and also tomorrow's show at hashtag AskBustedOpen. What do you think should be the two matches that end Saturday and Sunday? I mean, I think that's an excellent question. What is truly your main event? Because it could be Brock and Drew. It could be it could be uh, Rhea and Charlotte. It could be Becky and Shayna. It could be Edge and Orton for, for all we know. It's, it's wow. a great question, Mark. Yeah, I, and and you know, yesterday I was thinking to myself, what would I want to see as the main event, and what would I not want to follow, and the what would I not want to follow took precedence over what I wanted to see, mm-hmm. and I said, dang man, that's it's pretty pretty a difficult decision because there's going to be people that I think will be miffed that they're not the main event. And how do you not put John Cena and Bray Wyatt? How do you not put The Undertaker and AJ Styles? But the the question is, what's a better match? And I honestly think a better match is going to be Randy Orton and Edge. I think it's going to be really hard to follow that match. I would not want to follow those two guys. Yeah, I mean, because that's going to be like that's a blood, a true blood feud with the story. That I mean, by far, when you look at pro wrestling right now, that's the best story that's being told over the last few months. I mean, the, the story and the chapters that we've seen played out on Monday Night Raw have been nothing short of fantastic. So this is the blow-off match at WrestleMania. I mean, I mean, being it's the best story, being that you have Edge, who's a Hall of Famer, and Randy Orton, who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, kind of hard to say that that's a match that you would want to follow on a WrestleMania card, Mark. Oh, my God, man. That's not the one. And And right there on the next night, I would have to put Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar in the main event on the next show to completely close the weekend out. And Dave, I don't know, man. I'm still torn. Like, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte is going to be one of those matches like it was with Charlotte and Oscar, where everything makes so much sense. And you're going to emote your everybody's emotionally wrapped around these two women's finger, man. They got us. (laughs) 
we care about everything they do. Like, what, what do you do? I mean, when you look at Rhea, I mean, (laughs) listen, I, I, cause here's, here's the dilemma when you look at Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. I mean, to me, Charlotte Flair is the best women's wrestler out there right now. I mean, you know, everybody talks about her athleticism, but you know, you and I spoke to Melina that's going to be used in, in a special that we're, that Gabby is putting together. Gabby and guns are putting together for our show next week. And it's, it's, it's going to be a tremendous special with all the women of WrestleMania. We got the lead as a part of it. It's going to be fantastic. I think the fans are really going to love it. But Melina talked about in that interview about Charlotte Flair and her versatility in the ring and how athletic she is and, and her style. And she really said the only person she could really compare Charlotte Flair to was her father, Ric Flair, who, Mark, we talked about as being if not one of the greatest, the greatest wrestler of all time. So when you look at Charlotte Flair, do you really see her losing to Rhea Ripley, who's really just a young upstart, even though she's a champion? So if Charlotte Flair wins that match, she's NXT Women's Champion. Does that mean now Charlotte Flair is going to be part of the NXT brand? And if, if, if you think Rhea Ripley is going to retain that championship, you see Rhea Ripley this early in her career beating you know, arguably the best women's wrestler in the world right now. I mean, uh, that is a very compelling match. of all time. Yes. Damn. The the implications are, are, are really, really great. But I don't know if it's a good decision to have Rhea win that match because, like, where do you go from there? And then you have to think about what position that Charlotte's going to be in. So, I mean, it's, golly, this this is going to be the most interesting WrestleMania. What it, it, it might not top over WrestleMania 3, but it, it could. It could, Dave. WrestleMania 36 is finally here, and Busted Open has got you covered this Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern with our WrestleMania pre-show. Dave LaGreca and WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray will get you ready for the biggest pro wrestling event of the year from returning legends. NXT challengers who will come out on top. It's Busted Open's WrestleMania 36 pre-show only on Sirius XM Fight Nation, channel 156. So happy to be joined by this legend. He's a friend of the show. I mean, he's extremely active on social media. I know he listens and he's been on the show and it's a legend. And it's an honor to have him, Mr. B. Brian Blair. How are you, sir? How you doing this morning? Fabulous, Dave. Fabulous. I just... Uh... I was just uh, talking to Mark about how beautiful the weather was here in Florida. It's like 70 degrees right now, no wind, the sun is shining. It's absolutely beautiful. And it was 92 four days ago. So, wow. A- anyway, enjoy, enjoying the beautiful I'm weather. I'm so in Florida. jealous. <laughs> Where are you at now, Mark? I'm in Austin, Texas, and, and uh, the weather is you know, kind of overcast. It's supposed to rain tonight uh, for three days. You know, I'll take three days over 40 days and 40 nights, but it's nothing <laughs> like what you got. Amen. 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 Just, uh, I, I heard that the uh, hot weather is uh, kind of kills that C-19. Did you guys hear that? I hope so. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, if it does, man, July can't come fast enough because, 
you know, that obviously is just a theme of everything that's going on right now. And that's kind of how I want to start the interview because, you know, you're very familiar with WrestleMania. You were involved in WrestleMania three, which some people regard as the greatest WrestleMania of all time. But, you know, usually at this time, Mark and I will tell you, you know, our flights are probably, you know, middle of the week. We're flying out uh, to wherever WrestleMania is going to be. It was going to be in your neck of the woods uh, this year. I mean, how different does it feel knowing that WrestleMania is not taking place in a stadium? It feels very different, and we were really excited here in Tampa, you know, for it to be uh, in the Tampa Stadium. And, um, you know, I'm disappointed, obviously, because I was going to be able to access both days. But, you know, it is what it is, and we've got to roll with the punches just like everybody else does. You know, the empty empty house shows are are very difficult for me to watch, but it kind of reminds me of – being back with uh, Matsuda in the dungeon, that's Hiro Matsuda, when we broke in in, in Tampa at 106 North Albany Street, uh, like Hogan, myself, and Orndorff, um, you know, we'd have to have matches without anybody there. And, of course, uh, we didn't even have the luxury of having, you know, 10 people cheering for us or whatever, you know, or booing for us. Um, so, you know, guys have to adapt and um you know, most of the people are doing a tremendous job of, of just doing that, adapting. Yeah, when you you mentioned about the, the empty venues and, and that there are no crowds, you know, one of the biggest thing about WrestleMania is performing in front of 75,000, 80,000. You performed at WrestleMania three in front of over 93,000. I'm sure that's an adrenaline rush for you. You know, what do you think it's going to be like for these wrestlers this weekend performing in front of no crowd? And how does it how as an athlete do you get pumped up knowing that there's nobody watching, that everyone's watching from their homes? Well, you know, that's really a different scenario, Dave. Um, I have never had to uh, do that personally. I can only, you know, just other than training and and. um you know, things like that. But, uh, to, I tell you, I've been in some, uh, you know, in the territories, we've all gone to places where there's been like 25 people and, uh, you know, Dade city, Florida or wherever, you know, and, uh, you know, it's difficult, but I, I always, I always believed in whether you had 10 people or 10,000 people or a hundred thousand people, you work the same way. You work just as hard. You try to put the same psychology into it and you do what you need to do to get the, uh, to get the match over. And you have to realize you have to really put it in your head that you've got millions of people watching you. And, um, I think once you get that psyche in your head, that it just, it's going to raise that adrenaline like you were address just addressing. And, um, that, that these guys are going to wind up having some great matches. I know there's two nights of entertainment, which is, is very different as well. And you, you, you train to work the hard camera. Uh, if you worked exactly. in studio wrestling before then, and which you have worked in studios, then you know that you work to the camera. You don't, you don't work to the crowd because there is no crowd. So uh, I think it's just uh, something that's, it's been so long since, it's been that way that, you know, all of these young people, these these newer wrestlers, they, they haven't experienced it. So, um, I mean, no fault to them because they the era that they wrestled in is uh, tailor-made for crowds. But uh, nonetheless, you know, it's, it's the instruction is going to have to be given. Uh, 
you know, work to the camera, work toward the camera. You see the guy on the floor, you know, sell toward the camera. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's would be common sense, but it's, it's only common sense as if you've wrestled that style before. <laughs> no, but that's a great point, Mark. That's a really good point. I mean, that's, uh, that's exactly what they're going to have to do. And, um, I, you know, again, I think they're going to adopt. I mean, they, they've uh, uh, certainly been, um, you know, uh, honing their skills and, you know, practicing what they need to do and uh, going through their workouts and uh, doing everything they can to prepare. So, you know, uh, the proof will be in the pudding coming up. I'm excited still. Yeah, it's certainly different, um, you know, from even an audience's perspective, you know, sitting there without hearing, you know, the cheers and jeers of the fans. I mean, fans are what makes our business. And, you know, without working to the fans, it's, it, there's no doubt that it's going to be much, much more difficult. But, it, it, again, it, it'll be done. It can be done, and it will be done. Yeah. You know, Mark made a great point. You know, you know, the first wrestling that, you know, that I was able to watch was Georgia Championship Wrestling that was in a TV studio. Most of the wrestling that we saw on TV in, 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 the, in the late 60s all the way to the early 80s was usually based out of a studio. And I would have to think, like Mark said, that, you know, some of those things that probably were implemented to wrestlers back at that time are probably some things they're going to have to teach that new roster before Saturday and Sunday. Yes, yes, I I agree one hundred percent, Dave. I mean, uh, it's uh, it'll be challenging, and it's going to be it's going to be very interesting. I mean, the, the lineup is tremendous. I, if you guys watched uh, uh, Monday Night Raw, I mean, I thought it was I thought it was tremendous. I thought Edge did an over the top interview, um, you know, versus Orton. I thought all that was a pardon me. The Undertaker interview just took my breath away. Oh, awesome. exactly. I mean, there was, and that's like talking to the guy that you you you're at the gym, you're at the grocery store, you're at the uh, Circle K on the corner or whatever, and some guy walks up and starts talking noise to you. That's 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 how you talk to him. It's, it, that's it was very matter of factly, very Clint Eastwood uh, of mm-hmm. of Taker the way that he delivered. Uh, his his lines, and he was like, "Listen, man, like you're gonna see me. It's not like <laughs> we're gonna do all this talking, and then nobody's gonna see each other." He was like, "And you're damn right, you wouldn't have been able to stand toe to toe with me ten years ago, you know." And and it was like that that very very um, in your face type of conversation that if 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 Dave and I and and you be were standing there. Watching that transpire in person, we'd have been like, "Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?" Like, and, and it Absolutely. gave that feel. And I can't wait to see the payoff. I can't wait to, man. I'm so excited, man. Uh, I feel like I feel like a kid again because it's new. This is it's old, but it's new. And and that's that's something that all of our you know wrestling fans that have you know that are above 40 years old that actually saw. Mm-hmm studio wrestling they'll they'll understand it but you know all these young people man this it's gonna be new for them and they should be excited about it being new not like ah this is something i don't want to you know it's new i don't want it yeah it's come on 
Enjoy. <laughs> no, I I agree wholeheartedly with you, Mark. It, it, it is new, and um, and again, I, it's you know, like I said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna really see who's got the talent um, when when uh, WrestleMania uh, takes place this weekend, because you know, you're talking about the the Super Bowl of wrestling coming up this. Uh, weekend and uh these guys are going to have to rise to the occasion right now under the under the circumstances and studio wrestling you know we uh we got used to that you know whether it was a hundred people in the studio or uh whatever the you know depending on what territory you were in um you know how many people you would have in the in the studio but it was it wasn't hardly ever more than 300 so you know you're coming back to you're going back to the day i was down in memphis with lawler and there was probably 50 people in the right. studio, the people working. And then there was like uh, the radio station would always let like five or 10 people come in that, that you did the marketing. And then you would see like some of the executives of the TV studio, you know, they would bring their kids. It, it was, it was all like, you know, if you wasn't brass and had something to do with the organizational or promotional phase, then you weren't there. Right, right, and that's that's very fortunate that that you have gotten to see you know the old school and the new school and grow between and and watch everything evolve and develop over the years. It's because it's been such a transformation, and this is just another form of transformation in the business right now. You know, B one one, and you know this because you know Mark well. Uh, one thing Mark has a talent for is to get you excited. You know, like. Obviously, this is historic times with what we're dealing with, what the world is dealing with right now. Uh, but last Saturday, Mark did a, like almost like a, a State of the Union address for wrestling fans where he said that, yes, what we're dealing with is historic, which is going to make this year's WrestleMania historic, which is going to be a nice escape for us on Saturday and Sunday. And like and and I think you would agree. I mean, that's the way that wrestling fans are going to have to take this weekend. It's not ideal. We're all hoping to be a part of what's going to be taking place this weekend. But since we can't, we might as well have the mindset that hey, this is historic, and this is what's being presented to us. So we might as well just enjoy it. Exactly. And <clears throat> Mark wouldn't be the great ambassador that he is for WWE um, if he didn't have those words of wisdom. And so. Um, you know, I, not just because Mark's on the line, but I have a great respect uh, for Mark after, you know, what he's done for Cauliflower Alley Club and, you know, just the way that he has um, put WWE in a in a greater light as far as class. As far as I'm concerned, it, you, Mark makes it a classier product, and which, of course, attracts new and better, uh, not better, but new uh, and more uh, wrestling fans. Um, I oh, want to talk about so wrestling. Oh, I, I, listen, you know, here we are interviewing B. Brian Blair, but I always kind of like to get those things in with when it comes to Mark because he's such a positive person. And, you know, he always kind of looks at the bright side of stuff. And at a time like this, that's what we kind of all need to do. Understand the reality of the situation, <laughs> but kind of look at the bright side as well. Of Mr. like, Half you know, Yeah. And, and you know what? It's a good av- attitude to have, uh, especially in this situation. B. You know, one of the things I want to talk to you about is WrestleMania three. And, you know, 
it's either either people say it's the greatest of all time or it's the second greatest of all time when it comes to WrestleManias. Um, I remember, and I was always an NWA fan. You know, I, I grew up watching, even though I live in New Jersey and born and raised in New Jersey, I always had an affinity towards the NWA. And I remember at Parade of Champions in Texas Stadium, there was 42,000 fans to see Kerry Von Erich beat Ric Flair for the NWA Championship. And then when you hear about WrestleMania three, it's going to be in the, in the, in the Silverdome. It's going to, it's going to be huge. And you never expected as a wrestling fan to see that many people in one place. It was unprecedented. 93,000 fans in attendance for a pro wrestling show. What was it like for you to, to be a part of it? And what was it like to be in the ring with that many fans in attendance? Oh, it was great. It was actually 93,002 if you count Jesse and Gorilla, according to Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, it, it's, it's uh, <clears throat> I would say that was the highlight of my career. Um, WrestleMania 3, um, you know, I was, at, I was in 2, 3, 4, and I was at 5. And, uh, even though I wasn't in it, I had already given my notice, and Vince still paid me, God bless him. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, it was... Uh, those were great times, and a lot of people don't know this, but I feel like I was more of a part of WrestleMania one. And the reason I say that is because in 1984, when George Scott came with, up with the idea of WrestleMania, um, when him and Vince were, you know, laying this master plan out, which uh, Vince Senior would often talk to Vince about this long story, but I won't get into that. But uh, Tito Santana and I worked for almost a year getting Orndorff ready for his uh, main event heel role <clears throat> in WrestleMania one, which was, uh, which was a big deal to me back then. And uh, you know, uh, Paul was just a tremendous heel, but you know, you fast forward two years then to WrestleMania three and you're in a modified golf cart and a pair of modified underwear and you're going out to, you know, so many screaming fans. I mean, when I went up to the top of the Pontiac Silverdome and looked down, I asked myself before the show started, I said, why would anybody want to sit up here and watch some <laughs> ants? Because that's what it looked like. I was watching the ring crew put the ring together and my wife was with me and I said, you know what, maybe those look like ants. I said, why would you want to be up here? I just don't understand that, this. And, but then when you came out and you felt the electricity in the air, it was just like something incredible and goosebumps came from the tip of your toes to, you know, to the end of your hair. I mean, it was just absolutely incredible. The rush, the high, I mean, there's nothing like that. And, you know, you got to settle yourself down and, and get into the happening. And, you know, I love uh, the Sheik and Volkov, but they were probably the two hardest guys in the world to make a comeback on. You know, they take a bump in three stages and you'd have to shoot to give them a just to give them an ass bump or <laughs> you'd have to pick them back up and, you know, or, you know, giving them a suplex was like, why you had to shoot. And, uh, but anyway, they're and they, they would get so much incredible heat. It was, it was tremendous. You know, uh, Sheik would say 444 days, that's automatic heat. And Nikolai Volkov singing the Russian national anthem, that's automatic heat, you know? And so you got the slickster there, you know, talking his trash, which he was tremendous at. And, um, you know, it's set up for a great thing. And, you know, that's when uh, Hacksaw was introduced and, you know, Duggan got his big push. And WrestleMania three was, uh, was an incredible event that I will never, ever, ever forget.
During that time, uh, you said that y'all were getting Orndorff ready. Um, there's a lot of people don't realize the whole process of putting putting a match together a year out. Like you, you're trying your best to get as many reps as you can with as many people in different styles as you can so you'll be 100% prepared. And was there a point where you felt like, you know, maybe we might need more time or uh, some somebody wasn't going to be ready and you maybe have to step up and to get more time to take time away from who wasn't ready? Well, Mark, you know, it, it was kind of like I had grown up wrestling, Paul, from from be you know from training and uh, you know the dungeon here in Florida <clears throat> to for championship wrestling from Florida all the way through mid south um, to uh, Georgia, which uh, Dave just referred to um, Georgia championship wrestling. Uh, I was I've been all over with Paul, so it was pretty easy for me. Uh, and Tito was around uh, much of that time as well, so we were pretty pretty aware of each other and we knew what our job was you know our job was to go out there and uh have the greatest match that we could have and somehow paul is going to cheat to beat us and slip over on us but but that was all good you know because at the end you know we both tito and i were left uh you know where we could come back and have the same match and the people wouldn't know who's going to win so when you when you do that um you know, it takes a it it takes some uh, some timing. It's like it's like dancing, I guess. You know, you you got a partner, and you had to, you got to be able to dance together. So yeah, uh, I don't know. You're only as good your as your competitor. That's correct. That's you're 100 percent right. Exactly. That's why it was a it was. I remember uh, early in my career, there were people that I wanted to wrestle, and I, I would walk up to them and ask them like they could just make the decision like, yeah, man, come on, let's go wrestle tonight. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I found out real quick that that's not the way it worked. And, uh, learning that, learning that process, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to mention the guy, but he was like, Hey man, like we're not the same Like We're not in the same, you know, category right now. He said down the road, I'd love to work with you. Um, you know, you just tailor made for me. And, and I, I said, wow, that's awesome. I was like, uh, what do I need to do? And he said, you can't, you can't do it. It's time. He's like, time will tell whether or not we'll ever touch. And I was just, you know, like, dang, like, I just got to let just keep on living. Like my grandmother used to say, keep on living. And, and that's, that's what basically wrestling is. Like, there, there's some guys that never touch because they were never uh, in there. When one guy's prime was, was, you know, there, the other guy wasn't ready. And now I think that we have a lot of guys that are in their primes and enough guys are ready that you can have 14 matches and they all be quality matches. And and that's that's I don't know if there's ever been a time in pro wrestling like this. Um, you know, you have other wrestling companies around the world that are doing really good in our, our mainstream on television. And those guys are moving around going and 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 trying to get into the WWE. And there's guys that are leaving the WWE and going to those other companies. And 
Man, that's it's just a wonderful, wonderful time because there's so many guys yeah. at the same time that are good. Yeah, I I, I agree. There's um, I, am I here? <laughs> yeah, we're here. You guys yeah, still there? Here. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I, I agree, Mark. And and you said something just a, a minute ago that really uh, says a lot. You know, getting those reps in and you know, working with the various talent, you know, the more talent that you work with, the more styles that you work with just helps you to become a better, well-rounded person where you can go. And, you know, let's say if I had to work with a big man like Mark, you know, I I can adapt to that style. Or if I had to work with uh, Ray Mysterio Jr., you know, you, you learn how to adapt to that style. But the only way you can do that is through the repetition process and through the learning process. And that takes generally years years to do um they're doing it a lot quicker now uh and they're rushing guys in a lot more because of uh, just the way that the business is but um there is no substitution for for those reps like you were talking about you know one thing i wanted to get in oh yeah that's true time uh, one thing I want to get into that uh, I know is something that you're heavily involved in, and it's something that Mark is involved in as well, is the Cauliflower Alley Club. I mean, a lot more fans need to know about this and get information about it because it really is something like it's it's almost like a, a, a baseball Hall of Fame or a pro football Hall of Fame that really cherishes not only the history of our sport, but also the people who participated in it. Can you, can you tell our audience more about the Cauliflower Alley Club and your role in that club as well? Absolutely. Thank you, Dave. <clears throat> well, the Cauliflower Alley Club is a, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a passion because, you know, I, there's, no, there's no stronger um, bond. I, I've never seen a stronger bond than there is between um, – you know, my colleagues, the people in the business, people that I haven't even worked with, or just because I know what it takes and what you have to sacrifice, you know, leaving your family and just all the sacrifices that there are. That's why we've had so many tragedies in our business. But the Cauliflower Alley Club is the only 501c3 um, that helps everybody from the wrestling industry that that uh, that has made a living in the wrestling industry for three years or more is our basic standard. So, I mean, if you've been an announcer, if you've been, uh, whatever you've done, if you've made a living at it for three years and you were in the wrestling industry, you know, we, we help these people. And right now we have several, uh, we don't mention names unless they, you know, unless they ask us to. And, um, you know, lately, I mean, Rip Oliver just passed away and God bless him. We were, I was just at his funeral, and he was a big star in Portland. Uh, we stayed there for 13 years, which, Mark, you know, is a long time in one territory, especially yeah. to stay on top for 13 years. And, uh, you know, he didn't have enough money because of the medical bills. He was about he was going to die and let the state take his property when he's got three wonderful children. So, you know, we paid his property taxes off. Uh, he, his cell phone was off. We paid for, you know, to get his cell phone on and, you know, we, we pay for, for necessities. And then we have people that, you know, to make sure we're not giving people uh, money to people that are going to spend it for the wrong purposes. You know, we generally make checks out to wherever they need to be made to, whether it's the property appraiser, whether it's the doctor, uh, whoever it is. And we make sure that, um, you know, that, uh, we take care of everybody that falls into the guidelines of, of what I just mentioned. And we also, you know, have our reunions and that's our, our, 
our prime uh, fundraiser, and we're getting ready to have our 55th reunion, which we had to move up from um, from August. I mean, from April, excuse me, to uh, September, which is even better because it's a prime time and Vegas is beautiful in September. So our new dates are September 20th. Are um, uh, the official dates are September 20th? I mean, uh, excuse me, 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. But you can get a discounted room rate at the Gold Coast Hotel and Casino from the 20th to the 24th. And they, people have already had a reservation. They just move over. They don't have to do anything. Just the same days will stay on the same days. But um, the Cauliflower Alley Club is an awesome organization. We honor people that are truly deserving. Um, we bring we bring together, um, you know, the past, the present, and the future stars. Um, and uh, we've got a tremendous uh, uh, slate of honorees lined up. They can go to caulifloweralleyclub.org and check it out for $25. You can become a member. You get four uh, editions of the EAR newsletter that will, um, uh, you know, you can't get it on the Internet. It's a tremendous newsletter. And um, a, a certificate, you know, suitable for framing. I mean, I've got one hanging right behind me in my awards room. <laughs> but uh it's a it's a it's a combination of of people that love the business because we are an all volunteer staff. I pay for my. I'm the president and the CEO. You asked me what I do. I'm the president and the CEO of the CAC. I've been for the last six years. We've uh, in the last six years we've doubled our membership. We've doubled the amount of money we take take in, and we've doubled the amount of money that we give out. And we continue to grow because of good wow. people like Mark, because of good people like you that, that, that mentioned the Cauliflower Alley Club. And so we continue to do these good deeds because the guys have nothing else to, to lean on. There's no uh, 401k plans that are offered. There's no insurance that are, that's offered. Although, you know, if you get hurt on the job, you know, <clears throat> normally Vince or whatever the promoter is, they'll generally take care of that. But uh, once you're once you're gone, you're on your own. And so I highly suggest, you know, because if you're a member of the Cauliflower Alley Club, you're actually eligible for t- two times as much money. So for any of the boys listening or girls, you know, listening, all, any of the talent listening, or if you were uh, an announcer or a referee, you know, join the club. I mean, it's 25 bucks for a year, 50 bucks for two years, or $300 for a lifetime membership. Again, go to caulifloweralleyclub.org and you can see what we do. And the last thing I'll just reemphasize is that nobody on our board is paid a nickel and we pay our own expenses. I don't get squat from nothing, nada. Uh, and very seldom do I even get a thank you. It's more, more like, oh, why don't, you know, why is my uh, ear not here yet? <laughs> Joe got his ear and I didn't get mine yet. And, you know, um, you know, why are we having to cancel? Uh, you know, it's just, you know, you take a lot of heat for, for not much, but in the end, you know, it's, it's, it's every heart beating in the CAC beating as one. And, we just appreciate everybody that has taken their time and given their time to the Cauliflower Alley Club because it serves many, many, many people. Well, the, thank uh, you so much. That, That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much, man. I, I, just on behalf of all those people that don't say thank you, I'm going to tell you thank you because it warms my heart to see brothers in arms taking care of people. And, and, and some of us, it's our duty and it's the plight in our life that we have to take care of people that can't take care of themselves. It's unfortunate, but you know, that's the cross that we bear. And when we walk through those gates of heaven, uh, we'll be commended for our work then. So a thank you here is, you know, minimal, 
but the greatest thank you you're going to get is going to be when when we leave this earth. Well, Mark, that means uh, a lot coming from you. I can't even tell you how much that means. I got a tear in my eye, actually. <laughs> thank you uh, very much. Uh, that, that truly, truly means a lot coming from you. I mean, that's incredible. I appreciate it. Well, wrestling legend and, and even more important, just a great man, B. Brian Blair. Thank you so much for the time today. We truly appreciate it. Thank you guys very much. God bless you. And, you know, the latest update on the C-19 is if you're losing your smell or your taste, you either run down to Hazel's Honey's Hut and pick up a quart of Orange Blossom Special and chug it on down and hope your taste comes back or you get your butt to the doctor. <laughs> your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Ock and Barack Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. It was great catching up with a true legend. Somebody who's, a, I think, in the history of pro wrestling, very, very underrated, and that's the great B. Brian Blair. And you know where he didn't rise to the levels of Stone Cold Steve Austin and Hulk Hogan? He more than rose to the occasion in being a stalwart for pro wrestlers after his career was over. Uh, the position that he's in um, with the Cauliflower Island Club is, I think, one that's warranted. And he doesn't get paid, and he should. He should be on salary. Uh, this would be something that, you know, one of the big Fortune 500 com com companies should sponsor and uh, do the right thing and have him not just uh, do all that work and, and, and put all that time in and not be benefited from, uh, even though that's not the point of why he does it, but he should be taken care of. I mean, he's a special, special guy uh, for pro wrestling. Yeah, he really cares. And, you know, he he was very good, obviously. In, you know, we talked about it in the interview in, in the territory era of pro wrestling. And then, you know, going to that big stage and being a part of WrestleMania three as big as that was, you know, at the time, the biggest attendance ever for a pro wrestling event. And that obviously changed over the course of time. But there was probably no bigger event than WrestleMania three. And you know what, like just the care and love that he has for pro wrestling. You're right. He is truly, truly like the caretaker of the history of this great, great sport. And and speaking of like the history of this sport and the history of WrestleMania, Mark, you know, when you think of WrestleMania, either the first name or second name that comes to mind is The Undertaker, that, that unbelievable WrestleMania mm -hmm. streak. And somebody that you faced at WrestleMania as well, you're part of history. You're part of The Undertaker's history at WrestleMania. You know, for you, Mark, what was it like facing someone like The Undertaker at WrestleMania? It, it was really big for me, uh, career-wise and development-wise. I've been wrestling for a long time already, and I was getting it. And when that time came, I was prepared and I was ready. And I was able to give something back. 
But nonetheless, Dave, the high point of my career, man, it did so much for me. And AJ Styles will come away from this match, not just a phenomenal AJ Styles. He'll be indoctrined into the annals of The Undertaker. And you'll be linked to his career. And just being linked, just being spoke of in the same breath as the, as the legend, the, the phenom, the 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 one that the dead man it adds to your career it's amazing yeah and you know there's a long list and you can see like i mean you know to me the greatest match in wrestlemania history was the match that the undertaker had with Shawn michaels at wrestlemania 25 and he talked about what the undertaker did for your career and what that match did for you and you know you're talking about with you mark a hall of fame career in the wwe talk about that moment talk about that match like what was going on in your head when you know you just saw that entrance by the undertaker well, you know, I, I was I was blown away, and I, I had had several matches at pay-per-views with her to take a lead to that one, um, but none like the actual WrestleMania match because I remember walking to the ring and thinking to myself, especially after conversations that were had uh, about me winning that match and breaking the street. But I'm so glad that I didn't get stuck with that. <laughs> Man, that would have been the absolute worst as much as I respect him and as much as I respect his legacy and what would have been taken away from all of us as fans. Yeah. Like, I, I think the streak definitely should not have ended at WrestleMania 22. Um, look at all the great matches that we had after that. So it's 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 funny that you said that because you know you would think everyone's goal would be to end the uh, Undertaker's undefeated streak, but for you, you know, you know that would you thought that would have done more harm because he knew that 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 streak should have continued and how the what the importance of that streak was. Oh my God! Yeah, I mean you 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 look at. You look at the history of, of, of pro wrestling and there's been many cases where something could have happened, a torch was handed to somebody and they just fell miserably because people were, were expecting the standard to be the person that handed the torch to them. And everybody's not meant for that mantle. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big up. And I didn't think that I was ready for it. And I just thought that it was too prestigious to do anyway. I, I was hoping that it would never be done. We talked about that when it happened. Yep. Like, I would have hoped that, I wish that it would have never happened. I wish that the streak would still be alive today. I mean, it's, it's, I'm torn on it because I see the importance of Brock beating Undertaker and what that meant for Brock's career. Because if you look at Brock Lesnar, Mark, like, you know, he wasn't the Brock Lesnar we see now. You know, he lost to Triple H at WrestleMania 29. Think about that. The, the, the year before 
beating Undertaker to end that streak. He lost at WrestleMania. Uh, you know, he lost to John Cena at Extreme Rules. Like, you know, Brock Lesnar was losing some matches. He did not have the mystique when he first came back like he has now. I mean, beating The Undertaker definitely took Brock Lesnar to another level. But at the same time, like, The Undertaker, like, do you pass on that legacy to somebody else? Do you have Undertaker retire, still being undefeated at WrestleMania? I mean, that's going to be an argument that goes on for ages. Yeah, it definitely will be an argument that will go on for ages. But who deserves something like that more than him? Yeah. I mean, like, what, what he's done for the industry from a business standpoint, he's, he's just almost single-handedly elevated the business. And all of us owe a debt for what he's been able to do. And making WrestleMania, even though Shawn Michaels will always have the moniker of Mr. WrestleMania, we know who the real Mr. WrestleMania is. Yep. We all know, including Shawn and Hunter and uh, every wrestler that's come before him that that are not here to speak to it. Uh, Since The Undertaker took over and started the streak, the first WrestleMania that he he made that appearance he's been the man and the standard to be judged by and i can only hope that if my son chooses to go into pro wrestling that maybe he's the one that starts another streak and wow. they get they get to a point where um the streak has to be is going to tie. And now you have a conversation. Should he lose or should he win and break the streak and have the longest streak? Like that, those are things that are going to be put out there in history. I'm, I told you, I think ahead. Yeah. And, and you got to in this situation. You have to think ahead in pro wrestling, not just for the industry, but you have to think for the fan. You have to find something that they haven't had and give it to them. And I'm not trying to apply for any jobs. And and some asshole uh, said that um, while Mark Henry is um, really on his soapbox, his WWE soapbox, so he can get another, uh, get a job. And I was like, I'm not asking, I'm not looking for any jobs. I got enough jobs. I'm good. I got enough. But for the fan that said that, um, you really need to watch yourself. And not, I'm not threatening I'm going to come to your house and beat you up. But I'm saying that be careful what you say because it might make you look like an ass. The people that know me know that not only do I talk very highly of Vince McMahon in the WWE, but I have paid homage to Cody Rhodes and what he was able to do and what Chris Jericho was able to do. And, and even in New Japan, like Will Ospreay is one of my favorite wrestlers in the world. He didn't work for the WWE. Like, so, so stop it. Like, stop painting a picture 
that I'm this, this homer that only talks good about the WWE. It's well, really, I know for re- somebody who does this show with you, Mark, it couldn't, be, it couldn't be further from the truth. And two words that I use to describe you is integrity and respect. And you always have the respect of me and the nation, and you should because you always give your honest opinion. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.